Welcome to Visionaries Global Media, your number one source for podcasting entertainment. Visionaries Global Media, envisioning excellence on a global scale. This is Band from Ringside. Tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast, we have your Elimination Chamber predictions, AEW Dynamite recap. There's a bunch of New Japan stuff, eight hours of it that I watched today. That and a whole bunch more tonight on the Band from Ringside podcast. You keep that up, you could be on the uh, the PSP before you know it. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. Ditch that nine to five. It's time to feel alive. Hello, Mark. So welcome to the Band for Ringside podcast. As always, I'm your host, Bill Vagie, a.k.a. Thurgood QT Marshall. And sitting directly across from me, we have Jason Cornelius Bell. What's going on, JCB? As soon as you said Thurgood, I'm like, <laughs> it's like when you see the, you see the guy getting ready to get dunked on. He's getting ready. He's trying to you know block the dunk, and the dude is just I mean just coming up. And he just kind of gives just, up. Yeah, he's just you know yeah. It's just like you have one or two choices at this point. Either you can duck. Or you can just get posterized and just like, ah, just ah, get no, posterized. You know. <laughs> Good shit. Good shit, gentlemen. Black History Month just can't stay on here long enough because that's going to be quality content. Moving forward, I know it, and I can feel it in my bones. But on that note, we know that I'll ask the congregation to bow their heads as I read from the latest edition of the Band for Ringside podcast, volume 235, oh, I'm sorry, 295, chapter 3, verse 14 of the Good Smart Sands. Hashtag boo the heels. It's all good, baby. Listen, share, subscribe, repeat the holy trinity of BFR. Uh, I'm I'm proud of Bill. He, he said he watched eight hours of New Japan. I'm, it's like you know watching my kid, you Today. know, taking his. It's <laughs> just watching the kid taking his steps again. You know, it's like look at my boy. I mean, uh, listen, I'll be I'll be a hundred percent honest. I didn't watch all the undercard stuff. I watched I, all I, the never, st- I don't expect you to. I, I but gave I you watched. A list. I watched more than you told me to, though. Too, I watched a lot of stuff today. But I'll tell you what, like. Um, my new job's a little bit different than my old job, but like wrestling's way easier because I can kind of pay attention, but don't really have to pay attention. Like if I was watching a TV show or a movie, like I used to do at my old job, which was really fucking stupid. I could just watch a three hour movie on an eight hour day. Like I would just watch five minutes at a time. I'm not on the phone all day these days, so I can just kind of put it on and just, you know, just kind of let it ride. And when I have to pay attention, I'll pay attention. As you might have guessed so far, Two Beer Zach Pullman uh, is no longer uh, with the podcast. Uh, there was a bit of a falling out uh, today uh, via text message, and we decided that uh, Jason and I would just be going forward as a, as a duo, as it was always meant to be. I agree. Actually, uh, but, uh, you know, no hard feelings. None. None. Uh, all- we had a good run with Zach. An ample uh, separation, I think, is always good. And in this scenario, I think this was best for both sides. We did let him put in his predictions. Uh, so we will be reading off his predictions. But uh, you won't be hearing from Zach Pullman anymore. Not on these fucking airwaves. <laughs> now he had a work, he had work shit or something. He's probably in a strip club right now. Do you think I sold that to anybody? you think uh, somebody... Somebody maybe, bought it? No, maybe. I, I just couldn't look at you. Otherwise, I'd give it away. It's we're like, coming at you. Look from, at the fire. Look at the fire. We're coming at you from St. Charles, Missouri. It's like kind of like flurrying right now. I don't know. It's, it's no, it's, they don't kind of flurry into it. 
It's so for a reason. But it's I didn't even know this was coming. Like I looked at the weather and I thought it was going to be fine. I don't, yes, you know, no, Zach, Zach would make fun of us for talking about the weather. This <laughs> <laughs> Couple of old dudes. What about Rocky Montiano? Rocky Montiano. Uh, <laughs> happy Black <laughs> History Month. That's my. I'm called Clay. I'm called Clay. <laughs> <laughs> we got a bunch of wrestling to get to tonight. No better. I'm just, you know, just like yeah, Black History Month. Let's get to that three count. Wow. Kick Joe Lewis's ass. Did I forget something? <laughs> no. No. I was going to say, I'm not even going to jinx it. I was going to say, it, it, usually in scenarios like this, uh, inclement weather, and we're outside getting it on, usually the roadcaster has a mind of its own. And so far, so good. It's doing its job at not kicking the NBA jams. I'll drop in. Hey, roadcaster. Roll the fuck up. Oh, it just did it anyway. <laughs> fuck. <laughs> It's the announcer jinx. That's that's what I was going to say. That's why when you said what, I was like, uh, should I even say anything? Probably not. This is probably not the time to say shit. Grow the fuck up. Okay, all right. One out of two. <laughs> shit, it's it's Giannis from the line. Um, it's it, I'm open. I'm assuming. Yeah, it's all, yeah. Dealer's okay, with, uh, since we're gonna do elimination uh, chamber predictions, let's just say main roster for last. We'll do two beers. Uh, Usual a well no 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 let's let's talk AEW fuck it let's talk AEW shit okay let's change it up for a little bit um, AEW opens uh, I'm assuming you didn't watch Rampage uh, I did oh you did I watched all the wrestling okay shit I watched I, I watched I Rampage too I okay, watched all mind. the wrestling uh, any real thoughts on Rampage because I mean this was like the first time I watched it like. It feels like three weeks, probably almost a month. Uh, I feel kind of bad for uh, Dolph Ziggler's little brother because uh, it looks like he's a lot of fun, uh, just like his brother is. Um, uh, Soho versus Shafir. Swerve and Dustin might be fun next week. I didn't think much. I, You know, I don't know. I guess my biggest takeaway was this. It, it seems like it's Orange Cassidy's show. Yeah. Like, it is the Orange Cassidy, Cassidy show. show. Yeah. I agree with that, too. I was about to say, I can't... The the few times I've watched Rampage, he's the main event in some form or fashion, whether it's uh, the AEW All-Atlantic title or in some sort of trios match or with Danhausen, something along those lines. He has been in the mix in some form or fashion. Yeah. Um, that I will agree with. Uh, obviously, speaking of uh, Orange Cassidy, he was the main event on uh, Friday last Friday night against Lee Moriarty. Good match uh, between the two. Um, Lee Moriarty is is one of those up and coming guys, but unfortunately, you know, just wrong place, wrong time. Um, Orange Cassidy retains. Uh, Marina Shafir. I, I wanted to take two seconds. Him, her, and Mark Briscoe. Two two seconds on them both. Um, I was not big on Marina Shafir. I will give credit where credit is due. She's gotten a lot better in ring and more so the fact that um, I think that now she's going more so to her MMA route. She's not wearing uh, wrestling gear or wrestling boots in the ring. Anything that makes her feel more comfortable, I'm all for it. So if that's what she needs to do, then so be it. Um, just on Mark Briscoe, obviously he had a match on Wednesday night, which we will talk about, but the – 
the setup to this match was backstage with he and Mark Sterling, and Mark Sterling's trying to get him some representation, you know, make him some real money for the first time in his career, quote-unquote. And, <laughs> and Mark Briscoe had a, a, just a ridiculous lie. He's like, no, sir, I don't think I'll be taking this representation at this time. <laughs> but he said, no, I think I'll take this excursion on my own at this point. I was like, dude, that's and as much as I – and I was I laughed out loud because it was some of the funniest shit I think he said, you know, in, in a long time. Honestly. But I felt like just – he feels – he felt just overshadowed by Jay. And I hate the fact that it happened. It had to happen this way for him to get a little shine. But, unfortunately, this is just – it is what it is. And the fact – once he said that, I was like, you know what? Mark Briscoe is going to be okay. Ultimately, he's going to be all right. Um, really, it's going to be fascinating to see how Mark Briscoe kind of traverses 2023 because – the guy just, you know, he just lost his fucking brother. I mean, basically his twin. They were Irish twins. They're less than 12 months apart. They're brothers. They spent 20 years together as a tag team. He lost his brother tragically. I mean, less than a month ago. It wasn't even that long ago. Guy's back on TV. The guy's still clowning. The guy, uh, you know, he has he has his faith, which I know that uh, certainly helps people through times like this. But I- I'm not going to say that he doesn't seem affected by it i I mean i think that would be trite to say but i will say that it it is uh it's fascinating to watch for sure uh it is really something else and he is a he is i say this with all due respect he's a goofball he's always been a goofball and um kind of uh, like my favorite type of wrestler you know like the the goofball who is also like super bad at all times yep exactly so um I can't wait to see where it goes. I can't. I. I have no. I mean, do you have any predictions on what they're going to do with that tag title? Um, right now, <laughs> no. I think it's just now. The wound is still fresh. You just want to get Mark Briscoe integrated to. I guess you know he was signed to AEW, so he'll. It feels like he will be a single star. So at that point, you know, somehow, some way, he'll have to give up the. The ROH title, not unless he gets a partner, but that doesn't make sense because he's yeah, an AEW contracted star. That doesn't sound right either to get a new partner to right take Jay's place, place. You know, yeah. Who? I mean, God bless the person that want to do that. So ultimately, I think there there's going to be some sort of tournament, an ROH tag team tournament. No knock against Mark. I'm not saying he he couldn't get a partner. I just it, it doesn't. It, when I start to think about it, because this is really the first time I thought about it, it just doesn't make sense. I don't uh, mind him walking a, around with with the belt for a while. Though. No, no, until they decide, you know, enough's enough, and this is the time they want to do it and uh, and make it happen, Captain. At this point, I'm I'm okay with this. You know, let him walk around with the title. You know, honor his brother and, and the, the legacy of the uh, the Briscoes, all that shit. I I get that totally. No problem with it. Right on. Um, let's flip over to Dynamite on Wednesday night. It opened up with uh, Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Sanjay Dutt, and Satnam Singh versus the acclaimed, <laughs> the aforementioned Orange Cassidy. God damn, that dude's everywhere. And Billy Gunn, uh, eight man tag. Um, wasn't sure where we were going with this when uh, I saw this as the curtain jerker. Um, wasn't sure. I guess the acclaimed winning is the biggest deal, keeps them hot. Then, obviously, they're announced as the 
one of the four teams that will be facing the guns at Revolution in a fatal four-way. Uh, once again, I was looking for any signs of Billy Gunn treachery, Billy Gunn fuckery, none that I could see at this point. But I would assume, like, I, like we said last week, the guns aren't coughing this joker up anytime soon. So that being said, they would have to retain at Revolution. If they do so, I would assume it won't be on the side of cleanliness, dare I say. So something to look forward to there. Thoughts? I mean, not much to say about this match. I agree. I don't think that the Guns are going to win a match clean against anybody you've ever heard of for the next two or three years. I mean, that's just not what they're That's not what they're about. They're not going to be – now, stranger things have happened. There have been uh, – you know, there have been strange baby faces to emerge out of – angles like this i don't think it's the guns because they are fucking hateable like really (laughs) really hateable and the one has maybe the worst tattoo i've ever seen in wrestling where it like it only looks full if he flexes his bicep next to his chest because it's on his bicep and his chest but when he pulls it away it that sounds dumb as fuck. It's dumb as fuck. And I say this as a guy with no tattoos. So, I mean, I have no place judging. I don't judge no. people with tattoos. I, I, I just think it's a, a terrible either, tattoo. Guess what? Guess what? That sounds dumb as fuck. Um, Brian Danson vignette. Um, just after last week's match, bloody battered after the Roosh match. Um, I like this vignette. Uh, not necessarily agreeing with everything he said, but I, I would, I'll take this back. I agree with the one thing he said. He did say that MJF was running scared, didn't want to face him for the title, and I did agree with that, but I did also say in my head that this is probably the the one time you don't want to have MJF backed into a corner because God knows he's done everything just to get to this point. Now we're getting ready to find out what he's going to do to keep the title. Yeah, not much to say about this either. I mean, this was a... It was a perfect babyface Brian Danielson promo. I mean, he's – I've said it a lot of times. I think he's the best in the world. I think he's a great babyface. I think he's a spectacular heel. I think he's the best wrestler in the ring. Uh, I thought that this was short and sweet. Uh, him recording it while he was bleeding uh, added uh, some more effect to it. I was down with it. Not much more I can say. Claudia. I know that I know that you guys are expecting some hard-hitting analysis, and I have some hard-hitting analysis Coming up later in the show. <laughs> About to say he'll run down women's wrestling, I'm sure. Oh, my <laughs> God, Jason. <laughs> Roll the fuck up. God, come on, dude. N-E-V-E-R, never. Claudio and John Moxley versus Roosh and Preston Vance was next. Um, God damn, I missed Dragon League. I wish he was here. I wish Andrade was here. This would It would make it feel... LIF would feel more so of a of the real faction of the real faction in Gonganables versus what this is now where they've kind of pieced Preston Vance together Dragon Lee's gone Dragistico is over in Japan you know Andrade's God knows where you know Char was doing well so I mean he can't be doing too bad also I mean in that scenario, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, advice on that one, totally. Um, Can I be completely honest here? <laughs> what ain't you? <laughs> I'm, I'm just. I'm going to say this, and I'm probably going to get owned. And like, I know that people 
want to take away my podcast credentials a lot because I feel like I don't know that much about wrestling or I don't watch enough or I don't know about the history. You're enough, a journalist. You know? How are they going to take your I know. I'm a journalist. Well, I mean, that's how I came into the business. You know, as a journalist, I wasn't really familiar with it at the beginning. But um, who the fuck is Preston Vance? Ten. Huh? Ten. Ten? Yeah. When they were the Dark Order, he was uh, ten. He Really? Yeah. You were talking about Sean Spears for a second. I was like, "What?" <laughs> Different ten guy. <laughs> the gimmick versus the uh, the character itself. Okay, I mean that was not the answer I was expecting. I was expecting some indie guy that like everybody loved, and he he fought over in Rev Pro for a long time, and then he I, he I, bounced around, and I, he was I in Noah could... for a year. <laughs> no, he I was wish... in Dark Order. <laughs> All right, well, fuck him then. I wish I could flex my. Uh... Wrestling muscle at that point, but unfortunately, no, I cannot. Um, kind of more so to my point of I wish LIF was the LIF I knew from Ring of Honor, but neither here nor there. Um, tornado, uh, Texas tornado uh, step on the uh, the match itself, so it started outside the match. Roosh, once again, to me, was the standout the performer here. Uh, it almost felt like at one point after uh, Preston Vance got busted open, uh, Roosh was taking on Moxley and Claudio by himself. He was a uh, spot outside the rig where I think he threw one into the barricade. He turned around and hit the other one. I'm just like, man, see, this is what I'm talking about, man. Press the vast ain't shit. You over here busting it up while Roosh is over here handling business. I don't understand what the problem is. Um, all in all, I thought it was a pretty good match. I just, I think, like I said, the tor- Texas Tornado step. Helped the match out. Plenty of blood everywhere, especially from Preston Vance towards the end. It almost looked like he was dumping buckets out, but neither here nor there. Hopefully he's okay. Um, BCC does go over. Um, I'm just not sure where we're going with them. I just think it's – well, actually, take that back. I do know where we're going with them because they come back eventually at a later point with Hangman looking from the back, getting jumped by Kip Sabian – Obviously teasing there is something more coming on with that Hangman Page, uh, John Moxley storyline, but we'll get to that here in a little bit. Thoughts on the Texas Tornado match? Yeah, it was really good. It was uh, Roosh, like you said, I'm probably paying attention more to Roosh just because he is new, relatively new to my radar, especially compared to Moxley and Claudio. He is a uh, total badass. I think he needs a mustache, like I said last week. But... Um, <laughs> The other thing I was going to say about this match is that mustache. I think Moxley, I think Moxley bleeds too much. I think that like it loses its effect. It's almost like a, a, like a kids in the hall sketch or something. Is that they go to commercial and every time they come back from commercial, Moxley is bleeding. It's like if if you bleed all the time, then color really doesn't matter that much. And I just, you know, apologies to, you know, I don't want to tell the locker room their business. Apologies to Eddie Kingston if I'm getting too insider here. But I'd like to say (laughs) to Moxley, maybe slow down on the blood a little bit. Last time I talked about there being too much blood, though, it was Cody versus Dustin, and I got a text. Now, listen, this person isn't here to defend themselves. But our good friend Tender Mahal uh, texted me after I said there was too much blood in that Cody versus Dustin match and called me a grandmother. Said, you sound like an old grandmother. Damn. 
when you talk about there being too much blood. And then you know what Tanner Mahal did last week? And I read it. He's not here to defend himself. So I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say anything. You, you know, know you I'm not going to gonna say anything. I'm not gonna, oh, you're going to be listening to it tomorrow morning. 9.30 a.m. He's going to be driving in this car. I was about to say, I'm going to have to put this shit up tonight. Motherfucker's got red receipts on his text message so I can see exactly when he sees it. This motherfucker was live texting me while he was listening to the podcast last week telling me how bad all my takes were. Damn. I said, start texting Jason with all with all his bad takes. You know what he said? Jason doesn't have as many. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. <laughs> anyway, okay, so this, goes out to tender, this goes out to Tinder Mahal. Right. There was too much blood in this match. <laughs> it's, there's no reason to have that much blood on a 730 match in the middle of a random rampage four <laughs> weeks away from a pay-per-view. That's all I'll say. Too much blood. If I sound like a grandmother, so be it. I, I agree with Moxley does. Let me grab my free dent. Moxley does bleed a lot. Preston Vance was is a different story altogether, and I just think he just got either clocked a little too nice or cut a little, himself a little too deep. Oh, yeah. Well, he didn't get it the hard way. And I, if he got it the hard way, that's ridiculous also. Just lets everybody calm down. Yeah. Because he's going to be bleeding at the pay-per-view, and it's going to be like, well, this just looks like a fucking dynamite match. Oh, you talking about Moxley? Yes. I, I mean, I guess. I mean, I don't, honestly, it's, to me, they're all Moxley matches. If, he, if you put him in... When he used to go to GCW, he would bleed. If you put him in Montreal, he would bleed. Seattle, he'll bleed. St. Louis, he'll bleed. That's just what Moxley does. He that's bleeds all the got, time. That's why I've just got to that point. He's a but bleeder. He, he, he did it before he did got to uh, WWE too. That's just what Moxley does. I've just come to accept it. It's, it's funny now. I look for it. It's funny when it doesn't happen. At least for me. I, I, don't know. I don't know if it's funny. He should call his finisher the hemophiliac. <laughs> <laughs> the <Whoa>. hemophilia attack. <laughs> no, I think we're going to just stick with uh, the, the paradigm shift. But you could be a hemophiliac. All right, never mind. Sorry. You want to know by now. <laughs> with I tried it. I tried it. It didn't work. It didn't work. I was about to say, I got the fucking chorus. Don't you worry about it. Um, Wardlow with a um, a backstage interview segment with Jim Ross. Um, this motherfucker here almost bit it. That'd have been great. Right into the fire. Um, what happened to Bill? Oh, we're just rolling him off. He just tripped into the fire. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, jump on in here, buddy. That's about to say you can take over for thirty seconds. Wardlow has a uh, a backstage interview with Jim Ross, and. We all kind of talked about Ward Lowe's being cooled off, slowed down, whatever words you want to use in the sentence, especially after winning the TNT title. It felt like that was his big accomplishment and everything kind of went downhill. Afterwards, obviously losing the title to Joe, getting his hair cut, so on and so forth. So somehow I was thinking to myself, this needs to be some sort of hard restart for Wardlow, and I thought this was a, a good start. You know, he talked about his father and how he was his, excuse me, how he was his, uh, his idol to his dad or whatever the case may be. He idolized his father, better choice of words. So coming as he was growing up, you know, he started to grow his hair long. Uh, him and his father, you know, parted ways for a little bit, came back later together in life, only to find out that he has stage four cancer. So, I mean, 
this is all stuff that makes him feel like a sympathetic baby face again, or not even again, but a sympathetic baby face. Things that I think Wardlow needed to kind of get back on track as a as someone that is going to be a baby face moving forward. I'm not saying it worked for me, at least when he talked about getting his head, uh, his haircut by Wargo, not by Wargo, but by Samoa Joe and what that meant to him. And then the, the interview turned up a notch where he was like, you know, this is not going to happen. I'm just not going to let it slide. And you, Basically, you know, repercussions will be had. That's where I, I thought the the uh, the vignette, the interview, whatever you want to call it, hit its high water mark. Everything about it leading up to that was a really good setup. It made, it, at least, it tried to make the connection between the fans and Wardlow again, just in a different route. We're talking about his dad talking about stage four cancer, you know, got to see his first indie match before he passed, you know, and then the significance of getting his haircut. Now this is, you know, unless you're bald like me, getting your haircut is, you know, no big deal. I do it every fucking day. But if you got to grow your shit out and somebody takes a little chunk out the middle of your shit, yeah, you're going to be a little pissed. And the fact that Wardlow, you know, made the connection of why he's pissed, why he was growing his hair out, and the fact that Samoa Joe cut it, now he's pissed pissed. It at least makes me have confidence moving forward that TK is getting Warlow back on track. You know, there. Uh, I wanted to talk about the late Jerry Jarrett uh, here in a little bit, but the late Jerry Jarrett had a – a thing that hung over his desk the entire time that he was booking Memphis wrestling. What was it? Uh, see, this is what I should know. Smoky Mountain wrestling. Yeah, maybe, but, um, whatever it was, I, I, I think it was a few things, but, um, it said personal issues make money. I think is what it always said, you know, and for Wardlow to sit down, he's a guy that has a connection with the fans. The fans like him. And as a, as a, as a huge guy, that's kind of hard to do sometimes. So I like this personalizing him. Sitting down with Jim Ross is definitely the right It's the right guy to sit down with, you know, even though Jim Ross didn't seem particularly engaged. But um, I, I, I like this segment just fine. I'm looking forward to the match. Fair enough. Mark Briscoe versus Josh Woods, the next matchup. The, once again, Mark, the aforementioned Mark Briscoe in his second match in AEW going over Josh Woods. I thought this was an, a smart matchup to make. Josh Woods and Mark Briscoe have tangled in the past in ROH, obviously doing so here in AEW. I thought Josh Woods looked good in the feet. Mark Briscoe is starting to have his first school standout matches alone solo on his own. I don't think that's that, that. Like I said, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I think what you do with Mark Briscoe is the ultimate goal first. Who do you, who does he have his first major feud with? From that point, I think Mark Briscoe will take care of things from that point moving forward. Personal issues draw money. Sorry. I, I, I knew what I said wasn't right. Personal issues draw money. Um, yeah, they're trying to get Mark Briscoe. They're trying to get the AEW television audience, at least. They're trying to get them familiar with Mark Briscoe because he's just, I mean, ROH 
frankly, had been down for the last few years, and maybe there are new people to AEW fandom that don't know who Mark Briscoe is. Certainly, I mean, I've seen him wrestle a whole bunch of times, but I don't consider myself an expert at all or even close to an expert. I mean, I'm a novice. It is fun watching him play. It is fun watching him wrestle. It's fun watching him use the J-Driller. He wasn't the only person this week that won a match with a J-Driller, but I thought this match was great. I don't know if he personally picked Josh Woods or if that was picked for him by Tony Khan or somebody else, but it was the right call because they obviously knew each other. There were some big spots in this match. So there were some fucking hard-hitting, like almost dangerous, borderline dangerous-looking spots in this match, which, uh, you know, can't say it enough. Thank God for AEW. We get some fucking good shit on there from week to week. So I, I was a fan of this. Adam Cole, baby, has a backstage interview with Renee Parquette. Renee trying to get the dirt out of Adam Cole. When is he coming back? Who does he have his eye on? Adam Cole not giving up the dirt. I'll give you the pencil. Who does Adam Cole back, come back with as his first return match? All right. I might have, I, I, I missed this segment, and uh, I didn't know what happened, I guess, because— it, Nothing really happened. Uh, um, so if I had the pencil— who would I... Basically, Adam Cole said he has an idea of who he wants his first match to be, but he's not going to tell because he's going to keep it close to the vest and he's not sure when he's coming back. That's what? the the Cliff Notes version of what you You really missed. put me on the spot with this one. Uh, let me look around here. I mean, it's got to be one where he can go over. God damn, Jason. I, Amiro. <laughs> Brodus Clay <laughs> Who do you got? <laughs> That's funny What? What's this? Somebody call my mom <laughs> Yeah, that, that, I don't think that's going to happen um, I agree, it's got to be somebody he, he has to go over in, in theory, you would like it to be someone He has a a connection with from the past. I don't know know too much about the ROH history. I know Jay White um, is someone that has been mentioned on multiple occasions because of what happened in Osaka over the last weekend. Obviously, we'll talk about that. I don't think that – I'll just kind of snuff that out real quick. It, was, it doesn't make sense for two guys to wrestle when they both need to get over. Uh, especially with in the, also in because in KFA style, Jay White Jay White's not even in AEW yet. Well, he can he could dip in and dip out. I mean, yeah, but Adam Cole wouldn't be saying I have my eye on somebody. He'd be thinking about some guy that's not in the company yet. True story. Um, be cool if he went heel on Mark Briscoe. You know, it it hopefully now that it, would be something in my world of worlds. I would I would like it for somebody to be. It to be a good match, but obviously for him to get over, it's going to be a good match. I I don't I don't like I said I don't have anybody off the top of my head. I just want to see what see where your head was at. Um, I mean, really, like I'd like to see the like my mind immediately goes to guys that aren't used nearly as much as I think they should be. Uh, Malachi Black, uh, but that I don't know if that six man thing is ever going to happen with House of Black. Uh, Miro is another one. Andrade is another one. You know, guys like that. Buddy Murphy. Buddy yeah. Murphy, yeah. yeah. That would be a, a nice little uh, one-off match or whatever the case may be. Um, 
I just don't think there's an easy answer. I'll, it depends on when he comes back. Ultimately, I mean, who's available? If, if he came back this for Revolution, you know, there, I don't think that he has a dance partner. Does he have a match at Revolution? No. No, I'm asking you, is he going to fight at Revolution? No. Okay. Then, I mean, then it could be Brian Danielson. What What's uh, Double or Nothing's next? And that's in the summer, yeah? Yeah. Okay. But then... That's but here, hear me out. Okay, let me let me fancy book this. Fancy so booking. Adam Cole goes heel and he makes Brian Danielson fight a bunch of guys that he wants to fight and he has a match. Brian Danielson has a match every week and if he wins every single one of them, he gets to fight Adam Cole, baby. Huh? That's, not, that's just give me. I mean, you said you wanted to give me the pencil. You know that sounds remotely familiar to something yeah. else that's going. Oh yeah. Nice segue. Let's talk about MJF's promo on uh, Wednesday night. Thank you. Uh, before you start talking about MJF's promo, uh, let me ask you a question. Shoot. What the fuck is up with Christopher Daniels' eye? He can still see out of it? Because I, uh, I had to look at it. I, I, I looked at it, and I was like, okay, I kind of remember an eye injury. And I looked it up while I was watching AEW, and I was like, okay, he did have an eye injury. And then I read that he can still see out of it? It looks fucking wild, man. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It is uh it would be something interesting if they wanted to play into that, but I don't think that Christopher Daniels has a lot of time left in the ring to uh to be fleshing out a storyline as such, so neither here nor there. I would just say this. Um the addition of Christopher Daniels into the MJF promo was unexpected, but once Christopher Daniels kinda explained the connection with him and uh, Danielson, it made more sense. I thought when uh, Daniels was coming out, he's coming out to just bury him and just be a part of all the MJF chicanery, I guess, for lack of a better word, that he's he's been going on with. That was a nice turn, but just going back to the MJF portion of it, um, I'm assuming you watched that. Uh, you watched it live on. Uh, on TNT, correct? I did, yes. Okay, so you, I watched it uh, illegally. So there was the uh, – where they went to break and MJF was kind of pacing back and forth and, you know, he was kind of fucking with the crowd. <laughs> I got to see that part. This is what – that part is what makes MJF MJF because he's basically like, you know – we're nobody. We're not even live. You can boo me all you want. Nobody can hear you. I don't give a fuck. And I mean, the crowd just instantly just starts booing him more. He is. He's at the point right now where, if he's not the top heel, and that then that's obviously a you know, an opinionated conversation. Everybody thinks you know this person's the top heel. That person's the top heel. That's fine. I'm not saying that, you know, nobody's wrong, nobody's right, unless you say, like, Baron Corbin, then you're dead-ass wrong. MJF is in that conversation of top heel, okay? His promo was pretty, by the numbers, heel shit. I mean, it wasn't necessarily a big-time MJF, uh, you know, I'm breaking the fourth wall or I'm uh, going after the crowd too hard, at least on camera. 
it uh, apparently the cops got called on him last week after he cut that promo about being in the car wreck with the girl. Yeah, uh, it, cops got called on him a bunch of times, which is really funny. I'm glad to hear that uh, kayfabe is not completely dead. Nope. Or if it is, everybody's participating in it because calling the cops on him never even occurred to me. And I'm not uh, advocating taking cops' valuable time away from them policing neighborhoods and uh, you know bringing peace to neighborhoods. But that's really funny, actually. Oh, it's, that's absolutely amazing. I was going to say uh, the fact that he had people believing it, and his you know just his, the character alone is so just unlikable that he has. Just and I and I'm not even sure this is true. I heard the same thing you did, so I would assume that there has there's some legs to it. If people are really believing MJF, then that's kudos to MJF. Okay, no two ways around it. Whether the story is true or not, let's say it's not true. He's he spun it in a sense that now random motherfuckers who might be looking for the first time be like, I can't believe he did this. We have to call the police. That's kudos to MJF, more so than anything else. If this was a paint by the numbers. Unless it's a true story. <laughs> I was getting ready to say, I don't think he'd be on TV right now if that shit was true. This- or AEW called the cops. There you go, too. That was Vice on the mic, everybody. Vice is here hanging out. I was going to say, I don't, I don't think AEW would be, Tony wouldn't be silly enough to do no shit like that. I mean, damn. You know, what, what, two, three hundred random people? No, 20 random people. No, I, like I said, for me, this is one of NJS better uh, promos that he had. Danielson coming in, I thought was the nice swerve because, like I said, when he came down, I thought he was getting ready to get buried. He came out, obviously, to uh, catch that work from MJF, which he did. No problem with that. Classic He's doing business. Shit. Doing yeah, business. No, that. Christopher yeah, Daniels I thought he was still doing, doing business. Well, I thought he was doing business. I don't think he, he can fight got, anymore, though. No, no. I was going to say he still wrestles on. Uh, I've seen him on on NJPW Strong, like not even six months ago. I was going to say he he is still actively wrestling. Believe it or not, you're a nerd. Yeah, I don't, I don't have, have it. Anymore. I don't have it anymore. <laughs> um, but yeah, roll the fuck up. Fair. Um, I thought this was good. Uh, you know, Daniels coming out to make the save. Cool too. All, keeps all things moving in storyline. So, it might not have been the the fire segment it was last week, but I still thought it was good enough, strong enough to keep heat on MJF, make him more despicable by taking out uh, not Danielson but uh, Christopher Daniels, and then Danielson coming out to make the save. Nothing wrong with it. It was good. I won't probably ever think about it again. Cause backstage. Um, we kind of talked about them already. They're talking that uh, a good game. Next. Um, I'm, I'm getting ready to move on, motherfucker. Brian Cage versus Jungle Boy is the next matchup. I totally forgot about them having a match beforehand. I think they said this was a rematch from Winter is Coming where uh, Jungle Boy won. Jungle Boy wins again over Brian Cage. Um, it felt like Brian Cage was fairly dominant for the most part. Jungle Boy fighting from underneath. Jungle Boy with a a roll-up victory to protect, quote-unquote, Brian Cage. I'm not sure why you're trying to, quote-unquote, protect Brian Cage. Outside of John Moxley, Brian Cage has not been featured much at all from the time he's come in to this point. 
Yeah, Jungle Boy goes over. Not really a surprise. There was a part, though, where Brian Cage, he caught like a frog splash or something and turned it into a crucifix bomb. It looked it looked really crazy. I looked for, I searched Twitter afterwards for the GIF. Couldn't find it. I was like, man, that was super fucking badass. I'm but, surprised nobody uh, made that shit. I, I think that, uh, I think Brian Cage is actually underrated. And I think the Jungle Boys about correctly rated. Like, I look forward to watching Jungle Boy's career. But this is exactly right. And then what happened afterwards, I'm going to tell you a true story. Because what happened afterwards was Christian Cage makes his big return, right? Yes. Christian Cage, who had the exact same injury on the exact same night that CM Punk did and got hurt. And we had the Punk scrum. Both those guys got the same injury on the same night. CM Punk's a little bit younger than Christian Cage. Probably like seven years younger. So I'm just saying, don't be surprised if you see see CM Punk showing up somewhere else. But what I was going to say is that I was reaching for my phone, and I couldn't find my phone when Jungle Boy was getting ready to beat Brian Cage. And I was trying to find my phone to tweet. This would be a great time for Brian Cage's dad, Christian Cage, to come back. <laughs> and, a, and I couldn't find my phone. It was buried in the cushions. I'm, like, looking yeah, around for God it, you know. Damn it. And then Christian Cage comes out, and I was like, fuck. fuck. <laughs> I, was like, what? I was like one minute, like, literally 60 seconds away from that. just nailing it. Yeah. That, that's, yeah but I, remember I, when I, I used to. <laughs> I'm just fucking with the fucking phone. Like, come on, come on. Remember when I used to talk about how there was Christian Christian Cage and Brian Cage, and there was Diamond Dallas Page, and there was also Adam Page. But mm-hmm. don't forget, there's Ethan Page, mm-hmm. too. So you got Cage, Cage, Page, Page, and Page. Cages and Pages. Page in the cage. Page, uh, Rainus and the there's Anus. Just, there's two cages. That's weird. <laughs> but three pages. Two cages, three pages. Here we go again. Um, I don't know. Brian but Jason cage Jordan looks more like Kurt Angle's son. Then Brian Cage looks like Christian Cage's son. <laughs> okay, that I agree. That 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 I agree with. I was like, where is he going with this? Okay, all right, never mind. Yes, that, all right. Yes, I totally agree with this. What's next? Acclaimed uh, backstage throw their rematch cause into the ring, so they will be the second team in a fatal four way match with the Guns and two other teams named later in a battle royal in a casino battle royal. Uh, very similar to what they did. Uh, last year's revolution where you had, I believe it was Red Dragon, Bucks, and, oh, God, I can't think of what the third team was off the top of my head. Uh, shut the fuck up, both you guys. Um, neither one of you helping. Y'all talking shit. <laughs> anyway, same concept. Instead of three teams, it's four teams uh, this time around. No, you don't have to start pressing buttons by no means. Um, for me, I think this is just the the way to get the guns over to the next uh, pay-per-view, whatever you want to call it. I guess, like I said, double or nothing would be next. Um, either or team would be the teams that I would suspect that the guns would end up pinning to help them retain, but you would have the acclaimed use their rematch clause and all in one fail swoop so you push the acclaim back you move the guns forward over and up and over so, so to speak with i would assume once again with the help of their dad getting them the dub so i have 
again, I have nothing to say about this. Now, if you feel like you're getting a lack of analysis from me tonight, I have a lot to say about this next part. Uh, so we're not talking about top flight AR Fox, no? No. Okay, then go ahead and talk about whatever it is you are. Hangman Page versus Kip Sabian. Okay. So Hangman Page goes. Hangman Page goes over Kip Sabian. Okay. Moxley, Claudio, and well, there you go. Show up <laughs> and um, of course, come back. Yeah. And so it's that's he got me doing this shit. I like Will you. He got me over there talking his ass out. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, I was forged in combat. <laughs> you ain't shit. God damn. You guys want me to call Moxley? <laughs> That's uh, it. I'm calling John. So, uh, it was almost a little too scripted because Moxley. Mo- now listen, Moxley's. Facial expressions were fucking on point for this entire thing. But he starts saying to Hangman, he was like, you don't have any friends. You don't have any friends. And then it goes, here goes, what's it? It's like Obey the Dark Order or something is the thing that plays right before the music. It's like Obey the Dark Order. And I was like, are you fucking serious? And here comes Evil Uno. Uh, Mickey Rooney and the other dude, wow. you said Rillance, Mickey Rooney. Alex Reynolds, is that his name? Jesus Christ, yes, that is his name. So those three guys come down. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this nigga said Mickey Rooney. It's like, <laughs> it's like Jamie Lannister, Ned Stark, and Tyrion. You ain't shit. Holy anyway, fuck. They come down and Evil Uno gets in Moxley's face. And Moxley was so perfect in this scene. He just looked at me and he was like, yeah, right? <laughs> he was so incredulous. It was like an eight-year-old talking to a 30-year-old. He was like, I do not care what you do until he shoved him in the face. And that would be like an eight-year-old kicking a 30-year-old in the balls. And you'd be like, he was like, mm. he's like, you know, I shouldn't do this. <laughs> I was like, that's your ass, Mr. Postman. I hope Moxley kills him next week. They have a match right. next week on Dynamite. I was like, man, I'm surprised your ass is still standing. You was the luckiest right, son of so, a bitch in this motherfucking uh, world. What did you think about this segment, Jason? Um, scripted wasn't a word I thought of, but now that you say it, yeah, a lot of things you kind of saw coming. Uh, Texas Deathmatch wasn't the step that we talked about. Last Man Standing was. Texas Deathmatch works, I guess. Whatever. It doesn't matter. I mean, um, what is a Texas Deathmatch? It's basically... Um, it's a street a, fight. It's, yeah, it's a no-holds-barred, you yeah. know, just scenario. Yeah. It's um, fun to say. Yeah. It's... In this scenario... You, you're going to get everything we've seen before, but just the, the match ends in pinfall or submission. So expect a bunch of blood. Expect all kinds of crazy shit. Does the pinfall have to happen in the ring? Yes. Okay. Uh, so then Jericho Appreciation Society cut a promo. They just seem like they're trying to make the boys in the, in the back laugh or something. Like, this is just not something that I'm into at all. I like Daniel Garcia a yeah, lot. I'm, I'm, I'm just you know who for else it. I like? <laughs> Swagger. I mean, I think okay. Swagger. I, I was going to say, you see, I was sitting there like, wait a minute. 
so the guys that are left are I think Jericho. He's funny. <laughs> I'm in my head like Jericho Guevara. G- uh, he's cocaine on both. I think it's the 2.0 guys. He hates them both. This should be a great answer. I think up. I think Swagger is legit funny. I should have known. You've always liked Jake Swagger from even obviously the WWE. I mean, I bet him and Pat McAfee would really get along. <laughs> they seem like the same type of dude. You like don't want to like him, but you're like, ah, this guy's pretty funny, actually. <laughs> I was about to say, I, I don't even know if I still like Pat. But I like him on the mic. I don't know if I would like him in real life. That's different story for a different time. Talk about the main event. Ah, uh, you know, it was. I I was like. Aaron sat down with me for like the last 10 minutes and I was kind of sitting there reading my book and she was kind of sitting there not looking at, I mean, she was looking at Instagram and it was, so it's Tony Storm versus Ruby Soho versus Britt Baker. And I told her, I was like, something's going to happen at the end of this match. There's going to be an angle. And she was like, how do you know that? And I was like, I've been watching wrestling so long. I've seen so many episodes of wrestling. This is how we do in it. my life. There is a hundred percent chance there's going to be an angle at the end of this match. Something is happening because Ruby. It's like the whole story of the match is that Ruby Soho was supposed to decide who she's siding with, either Britt and Hater or Tony Storm and Soraya, right? And then and then Ruby Soho wins, and there's no angle at the end of it. I felt like the biggest dumbass in the world. She was looking at me like, you host a podcast about this shit? <laughs> Strike three. You said 100% <laughs> chance. <laughs> like, there's no doubt. There's a- anyway. yeah, yeah, yeah. Terrible. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's why I have to think about the. That's why I think about the main event. It's like, there could have been something. Just something a little bit more than what they gave us. All they did was kind of reiterate the story. Ruby kind of doing the title signal around her waist is the only thing that was to me worth noting. Jamie Hader needs Jamie Hader needs a challenger coming up. If you're going to go down this NWO esque storyline, if you will, somebody said the beautiful ladies from TNA. I could see that too. Whatever, lay cool WWE. Whatever. It's you're going to have to give J.B. Hader a a challenger at some point. It's it's not about Britt Baker and Soraya and Tony Storm. Jamie Hader is the AEW champion. I said this when Tony Storm was the uh, interim champion, and it was still all about Britt Baker yep. and, and and whoever else was across from Britt Baker. Now Tony uh, Tony Storm is gone. You got Jamie Hader. It was all good, but now this focus is going away from her, and we're going to this like. Gang warfare where, you know, you got two factions of women that are getting ready to start signing up. Nobody, I shouldn't say that. I don't care about that. Who is Jamie Hayter facing next? That should be the focus versus this bullshit. So here I am thinking that I'm the true feminist on the show. Here I am thinking, as long as they all get their time. Oh, here you go. As long as they all get on TV, then that's good. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything else because I don't want to get branded as a misogynist like Jason was trying to brand me last week. However, I do not give a fuck about this match, <laughs> <laughs> and I thought it was pretty sloppy and kind of bad. I can't say I disagree that too much with either or. Um, it just 
if you're going to give me that, then just throw me throw me a bone at the end or but something. I mean, what I was going to say is that Jason is the true feminist because Jason is the only one that's saying. No, no, just, I would say dump the beer to put the cigarette out. Go that route. Go ahead. I was going to say that Jason is the true feminist because all he cares about is the woman that got to the top. And that is the most, and she had to face all other women. She's the she's the champion of the woman. And you're saying that that's all you care about. I get it, dude. Whatever, dude. I'm not even making fun. <laughs> you're a better feminist than me. <laughs> not even, okay, you went on this whole feminist angle. Cool with the gang. All I'm saying is we need to talk about Jamie Hater more. More Jamie Hater. Focus on Jamie Hayter. Who is the next challenger to Jamie Hayter? Nobody knows. Revolution's in three weeks. Make it happen. Figure three it out. more weeks. Can't wait. Hey, is WrestleMania our 300th episode? This is 295, so we have five more before WrestleMania. Uh, it's going to be WrestleMania or the WrestleMania yeah, recap it, show. It's one or the other. I, I, would, I can't do the Wait. Hey, don't worry. I'll cut this part out. Just think about it. It's. I think it's the week after, I think. Okay, cool. I'm cutting that part out. Don't quote me on that. Let's get to the two count. One, two, three. Okay, we got some New Japan coming up, right? Yeah. And we got a bunch of WWE stuff coming up. But there's two things that I'd like to talk about. We're going to call this Bill's uh, Wild Two Count. Okay. Or the two is what Bills twos are wild. Twos are wild. Okay. Yeah, we already we already fucked it up by doing eight. First thing I'd like count. to t- first <laughs> thing I'd like to talk about is Jerry Jarrett. Uh, R.I.P. Jerry Jarrett. I'm not sure how old he was, uh, but he is kind of a legend is in the business. He was he used to book Memphis wrestling. He would book six months, and then Lawler would book the next six months, and he would book six months, and the next guy would, and Lawler would book the next six months, and they kind of traded off like that, and they were partners. And he's the father of Jeff Jarrett, WWE Hall of Famer, although Jerry might be a WWE Hall of Famer too. I believe he, he was, is. He was the last guy when Vince uh, killed the territories and went nationwide in 1984. When Vince did that, everybody went to shit except for Memphis Wrestling. Jerry Jarrett ran Memphis Wrestling, uh, I think, until 1997. And then Jerry the King Lawler bought it from him. He bought it from him for $250,000 without telling him that he had an offer for it for a million. Cold-blooded. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, but Jerry Jarrett was the one that lasted the longest, and he was always the one that was real proud of saying when he started losing money on wrestling, he actually got out instead of trying to make it work. Right. So I think, like, the story is, like, three weeks after he got it, uh, he started losing money. He was like, fuck this. He's like, I'm out. But uh, a true legend in the territories and – all around, you know, every time we tell these stories about guys dying in wrestling, we're always we always have to be like, 
you know, except for uh, this one incident in 2006, right. Right, or yeah. uh, except yeah. for these tweets, yeah. and, or, uh, <laughs> except for that 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 time he, uh, you know, killed that woman in that hotel. Yeah. We all love Snooker. <laughs> Jesus Christ! But Jerry Jerry Jarrett really doesn't have any. Jerry Jarrett really doesn't have any any stories like that. Nope. Like by all accounts, he was a pretty good guy, and honestly, a legend in booking. Uh, I never watched Memphis wrestling, but I've read a lot about wrestling, and I know that Meltzer, Meltzer always says that Memphis wrestling was the most similar to what WWE wrestling is now, where it's like super big on characters, super big on promos, and so it's that regional wrestling that kind of makes the uh, the gumbo, the cosmic gumbo of wrestling as we see it now. So, um, R.I.P. Jerry Jarrett, what a stud. RPD. Any thoughts on Jerry Jarrett? Honestly, I, I can't say I have thoughts on it because I, I would be lying if I saw, said I watched uh, Memphis wrestle. For me, as a kid, world-class championship wrestling is what I used to watch when it was not WWE, and that was like the Von Erics, the Freebirds, all those guys or whatever the case may be. So I would be lying if I said uh, I was familiar with uh, Memphis wrestling or, or any of the stories that you told, the story you told about Jerry Lawler, you know, usurping him for a, a million dollars after buying it for 250k. I, that, that's the first time you've heard that story. Something's like, damn, you know, I feel kind of bad for it. But, you know, well, at, I'll just say this, like as a journalist, when he died, I was like, I'm going to watch some a couple 20 minute YouTube videos about him, you know, and like learn a whole bunch. And, then, you. Uh, you know, and then I also uh, watched the uh, Jeff Jarrett uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin podcast. I also watched that to do a little bit of research so I could inform and educate us. Get all. to my people. <laughs> yes, that's right. So, uh, R.I.P. Jerry Jarrett. That's all I got on him. This motherfucker. <laughs> I think that Jeff Jarrett's a pretty cool motherfucker. You know, Jeff Jarrett played a year of college basketball. Didn't I know that? Like on the Stone Cold on the Broken School sessions with him, he's like. So my dad used to bring me around. My dad, and my grandma used to bring me around to wrestling stuff, but uh, I was basketball crazy, and like I started refing in basketball. And when Jerry Jerry Jarrett, it's not like he never wanted to be a wrestler or anything, but like he was just a basketball freak. He's like, oh, I was a basketball freak. He's like, I used to ref all these games, and he said his dad tells him something about like you need to ref. You can ref wrestling just like you ref the basketball games. So like. Jeff Jarrett was re was refing wrestling matches when he was like seventeen or something. Like, it's a pretty wild story. Actually, Jeff Jarrett is cool as fuck. I'm just gonna say it. I, I root for him now. He seems like a super nice guy. Okay, that, I, I, I I'm sorry. I'm just he's always seems like a, a Ric Flair knockoff to me. That's just me. The other thing that I was going to say to you, and I told you that I was going to tell you this on air because I didn't want to, you know, we always say save it for the pod whenever always. you walk to the house. Yeah, know. for sure. So Grayson Waller lost to Braun Breaker at Vengeance Day, right? Pretty good match. Right. Grayson Waller is an incredible character. And the next week on NXT, they show this backstage shit where uh, HBK is doing a, a Zoom press conference about the pay-per-view 
and Grayson Waller comes up behind him. He's like, starts calling Sean all these names. He's like, fuck you. He's like, you just want to put him out there. Oh, he's your golden boy. He's your golden boy. He's your golden boy. Talking about Braun Breaker? Talking about Braun Breaker. Okay. So HBK, like, kind of freaks out. Doesn't super kick him or anything, but, like, people come out of nowhere and, like, take him back, and Grayson Waller gets suspended for one week. So then he's off NXT for a week. And then last night he was back. Uh, or Tuesday he was back, and he fought. Tyler Bate. Oh, that's what's up. Yeah, in the opening match. And it was pretty cool. It was only like 11 minutes, though. On, that's it? Yeah, it wasn't. It's it's NXT. It's like they're not putting a whole lot of time into matches like that. But anyway, Tyler Bate goes over. Grayson Waller goes nuts. Grayson Waller attacks HBK backstage. Or like Gorilla d- or whatever. D- doesn't hit him, but he comes back there and he's screaming at him. And, like, there's people throwing him off. I think they're going towards a Grayson Waller HBK match. Not re- not WrestleMania, yeah, but, but that WrestleMania weekend or whatever. The, the NXT, the NXT. I don't know, man. Um, I'm very very skeptical about this because this feels like this is a. The last time I, I remember seeing HBK was. In that train wreck match over in Saudi with him and Hunter versus Kanan Taker. Yeah, I'm getting too old for this shit. Uh, Hunter tears his pack. HBK does a spot where nobody catches him. The whole, I think it, if I'm not mistaken, it won B for, for mat, worst match of the year. Or at least nominated for worst match of the year. That's the last memory that I can think of, of HBK being in the ring. If this is a scenario where it's tr- we're trying to make up for that, I guess I'm on board with it. I'm, I, would, I don't know if – I would assume Sean is in some sort of wrestling shape. Yeah, I mean, he looks good. I'll say this. I guess the question's not more about – to me, it's not more about is HBK ready to wrestle? Like, what, HBK was the one that retired and always said, I'm actually one that's retiring. I'm never fighting another match. Until they offered him $1.5 or whatever to go over to Saudi and fight. I think that the seal is broken. I think that he's going to have a match with Grayson Waller. I think that there's no other way to go like this unless Shawn Michaels has a proxy, which doesn't make sense for Shawn Michaels. It doesn't make sense because it's, you know, he's the heartbreak kid. You I know? think we're getting Grayson Waller versus Shawn Michaels, and I'll tell you what, I am fucking here for it because Grayson Waller is the right guy on this NXT. What they have in NXT right now, they have some, they have, you know what, I never get to talk about this. Grayson Waller is great. Carmelo Hayes is great. Braun Breaker is great. Tyler Bate is great. JD McDonough is pretty fucking good. Uh, the creeds are pretty fucking good. Braun Breaker had a segment with Jinder Mahal this week that was really fucking good with Sanga <laughs> and Veer standing behind them. Stop, dude. Stop. No, he was good, man. Stop, and the crowd kind of turned on Braun. That's horrible. They, they ought to no, be no, no. It's, it's not awesome. horrible. 
once again, if it was called like Violent Combat Wrestling VCW, and it, and people talk about it on Twitter, you'd be on here being like, man, Grayson Waller's he's he's the fucking he's the next Stone Cold Steve Austin or something, and you wouldn't give two shits about what I said, so. Damn, checkmate. <laughs> Let's get to that three count. <laughs> and that's the posterized moment for BFR for 295. Jason said, Grow the fuck up! <laughs> What's the three count? Uh, three count, I guess we're going to the, I guess we're going to do elimination for t- uh, chamber predictions and all things WWE. <laughs> Um, oh, uh, no, New Japan. Okay, well, that, you should have did New Japan for the two count, you idiot. No, I was doing the Bill Twos are Wild. Wow. Um, the two counts are wild. Yeah. That's what I was doing. I wow. said that right at the beginning. Ooh-wee. Lord have mercy. Um, three count, I guess we're talking New Japan. <laughs> um, several matches out of New Japan uh, for the New J- the Beginnings Tour that we could discuss, but obviously... The biggest one, or two of the biggest ones, we can talk about uh, the 211 show was the highlight by Shingo versus Okada for the IWGP Heavyweight Championship. Um, what did you think about this match? Jason? I thought it was an instant classic when I saw it. Uh, I watched it again. Um, nothing has changed my mind about this when I saw it the first time, and they were going pretty hard for the first five minutes. I remember tweeting it. I was like, there's no way this goes 60 minutes. I can't even see this going 45 minutes. Usually that's an Okada-esque kind of match, 35, 40, 45 minutes. Usually is a running time for an Shingo Okada. She don't mind going long either. I, I agree with that. But I was like, if this pet goes any more than 30 or 35 minutes, I'll be stunned. It ended up going 32 and some change. Um, to me, the one of the big takeaways – is Okada getting booed. And I don't think we've, since we've done this podcast, I don't think we've seen a heel Okada. Do you know why I think he was getting booed? Why do you think he was getting booed? Uh, This is the fifth match between Shingo Takagi and Kazuchika Okada. The fifth match. It's the first match they've had that wasn't in front of a clap crowd. I think... That people have been getting, been getting sick of Okada since the pandemic G1 where he kept trying to get over the money clip and it never worked. I think people have been sick of him for a long time and you could never tell because they were all clap crowds. That's what I think. And I think Shingo is probably one of the most well-loved dudes in the entire company. Probably top three behind Tanahashi and... I don't know. They love Desperado. Are you talking fans or are you talking? I'm talking Japanese fans. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think that ultimately, I, I think that people are kind of sick of Okada. I know I watched this match and this match was fucking unbelievable. I couldn't help but think, all right, we're getting to the Okada part where the last six minutes are going to be the craziest reversals you've ever seen. I think that Okada... From this wrestling fan's perspective, I think is victim of how good he actually is. 
Okay. Oh, you, you're going to have to expand on that a little bit. I more. think I'm tired of his greatness. Okay. 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 All right. So this is a Tom Brady hate thing. I get that. No, it's just that every, every, the end of every single match is spectacular. Like one of the best things you'll ever see. But it's so predictable. He hasn't had an unpredictable match in a long time. I, I can't disagree with that more. This, this whole match was about. Okay. So this is the one? You're saying this is the unpredictable one? Yeah, because... Are you agreeing with that they were all very because predictable? Because there were callbacks to it, to previous matches that you had to kind of remember about going in that were happening in this match. Man, what a dickhead I am for taking the anti-Okada stance. You but can see, take the anti-Okada oh, but, stance. But I'm, I'm just trying to make content. That's like when you called me out on Twitter about hating women's wrestling. No, don't worry. I'll cut this out later. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah. because I'll be going home with this. I'll cut this out later. This motherfucker here. <laughs> he think he the quarterback for real. I'm the editor. <laughs> they all white motherfuckers. Me <laughs> shit. Anyway, uh, I mean, I'm just, listen. I, they claim him. They claim him, but we know what's up. You know who I miss? I miss Ibushi. He's coming back. He'll be in uh, GCW. Uh, he'll fight uh, Speedball Mike GCW, Bailey. Dude. I'm going to watch that shit. I think that uh, just for that, how much, time, how much time do you think I have? I, you, you, you ain't got 30 minutes? Is it free? Of course it's free. Oh, yeah. Then I got 30 minutes. Okay. Then damn. There you go. That's what I'm saying. I will watch it. I can't disagree with the, the whole Okada thing more, especially about this match. Like I said, for me, when you, when you see Okada crumbling before a Shingo lariat, you don't see that shit. It's the other way around. Huh? Okay. I'm that's making the, content. That's the little shit that I'm talking about. That You can make content all you want. I'm to. making You're content. Just I'm just a little sick of it. You're just dead. Well, you can be sick of it, and that's okay. No, I'm but sick of it. I'm not making content. I'm actually sick of it. Okay. That is your just, personal preference. I'm, just I'm cool with that. I get it. The, the first run content. when he was running rough shot over at New Japan and he was killing everybody by the tenth, eleventh the title fence. I'm a little sick of it too. Let's go through the other matches that you told me to watch, please. Which I did. Uh, Tamatanga versus ELP El Fantasmo, uh, who has put on a little bit of bulk and looks like a legit heavyweight, and I think he's. Well, I look forward to him in the G1. It is New Japan uh, Cup's coming up. These are two guys that were, well, El Fantasma was lower mid-card. Tamatanga was mid-card. These are two guys that have put themselves in pretty good positions. Listen, after watching both the shows, Osaka and Sapporo, NJPW was back, baby. Like, they made it through the pandemic. They're on the other side. NJPW is unstoppable. And NJPW is... I'm really excited now that crowds are back. No, um, Osaka was a, was a big telling point of how... I don't want to use the word dependent, but how important, I guess, the crowd reaction is to a New Japan match. And don't get me wrong. I can still watch it. You know, even in the Quap crowd era, I still thought you we had watched some the great, whole thing. You had some great New Japan. We matches. podcasted the whole thing. <laughs> but I will agree with Bill on this, especially with the Okada Shingo match. And um, I'm trying to think. Jay White Hikaleu. I thought that was another match where 
the fans were definitely getting involved to the point where it started to make the match a better match. And that's where you kind of miss those things. We, I, we, I, I don't even, since he walked away, I can, I'll bring it up. We said it on the Fingers Brass podcast, I guess it was uh, Saturday when we recorded. It, it just gave the, that little extra oomph. This is where I remember it, you know, pre-pandemic 2019, 2018, shit like that. So moving forward, I'm really expecting, you know, things to kind of pick up more, especially in the scenario where, as long as they have these good contents where you have good angles, you have good matches, the crowds are going to get into it. The only thing that I worry about personally as, the, you know, one of, you know, I'll, once again, since he's gone, I'll say it, as the New Japan, you know, fucking uh, fan of the bunch, when you start taking away guys like Jay White and you're losing guys possibly like uh, Tamatanga might be leaving, um, it's going to be hard, hard to replace these guys. You know, Will Ospreay's on this roster, and that's a good start. But then from there, you know, now I'm starting to look at the roster, and I'm getting, you know, there's going to have to be guys that are elevated. Hikaleu beating Jay White, and I'm sure we'll, we'll get on that once uh, this Joker gets back. Hikaleu beating Jay White, I think, is, you know, historic for obvious reasons. For me, Jay White has basically done everything he could do in New Japan, and I ain't mad at him for it. If he wants to go to AEW or WWE, his wife is here. There's there's nothing else more than Jay White can do. Okada is the man in New Japan, okay? He has given Okada all kinds of hell for the time he's, you know, come on the scene as a champion. You know, I think he still has a winning record over 4-1, 4-2 sounds right. So you always have that over Okada. Most motherfuckers don't can't say that shit. So there's something to be said about that. Um, there's guys that are going to ultimately have to be elevated to get on Okada's level. Tanahashi, Naito, God bless them. They're both on the downswing. I'm looking for guys like the aforementioned ELP, uh, Jeff Cobb to come back at some point to give Okada some run. Ultimately, I think Will Ospreay is the guy that's going to usurp Okada at some later point, probably not this year, maybe next year's Wrestle Kingdom. I see a nice long Okada run. As long as I'm throwing shit out there, I, I, I'm going to go ahead and say it right now. I think Okada and Gato reunite because Jay White is gone. If he loses again to Eddie Kingston, your, your boy's uh, favorite wrestler, Eddie Kingston, and uh, Battle of the Valley, Jay White is officially out of New Japan, which I would expect that to happen. So at that point, you would have a Bullet Club in kind of shambles, and an ok- a heelish Okada might be having a reuniting with someone that doesn't have his uh, his meal ticket anymore and j- switch White Dre- Jay White. So All right. So how long has Jay's been talking? As long as you've been gone. All right. So... I had to go put the baby to bed. So what did I miss? What do you need my comments on? It's your count. Tell me what you want to hear my thoughts on. Uh, my hot take is that Jay White, since Jay White is now gone, Okada and Gato will reunite and become that heel faction again. Well, not a heel faction, but. I would be psyched to see that. I'm not sure if Jay White is gone. 
if he loses to Eddie Kingston at Battle of the Valley, then he is officially gone from New Japan. Why? What does that have to do with Eddie Kingston? Because that's the match that, that's coming up at, uh, on Saturday night. There was already, I don't, there wasn't a step coming into it, but after losing the the Hikaleu match um, on the 211 show backstage, Jay White was saying that it's not over yet. He can still go over to America, start the New Japan America brand, be the head of that. Blah, 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 blah. What do you think about Hikaleo versus Jay White? In a match that I had very little expectations for because I expected Jay White to win, I thought this this made Hikaleo a not a major star, but someone that you're going to have to start looking at moving forward. He looked really great. I thought that Jay White was spectacular in this match. Uh, put Hikaleo the fuck H- over. Put Hikaleo the fuck over. Over it would. I'll tell you what. If it wasn't a loser leaves Japan match and it was just like a a massive like blow off or something, it would have looked like a Jay White face turn. I mean, the, the, I wouldn't go that far. The look, the look that he, the last two sweet. I was like, ah, you know, I don't know. If if he's gone. I mean that that would make sense because he did say that he didn't want Ghetto to go to America for battle at the Valley or whatever. He didn't want Ghetto there. He wanted to do it on his own. Um, he shouldn't lose to Eddie Kingston though. <laughs> is that a, is that by kayfabe or is that a, a personal bias? Both. Both shouldn't matter. Okay, so what other match you wanted to talk about? I told you to watch Yo Hiromu. Did you watch it? Yes, watch Yo Hiromu. Can I say this? Hiromu is star. He's a star. He's a star. He's a big, bright, shining star. Right? Nothing wrong with Hiromu. the The story that they told in this match was, you know, it was like Triple H Undertaker. It was like kick out after kick out after kick out after kick out. It was like 2.99999 kick out. <laughs> and then after a while, like, Yost kind of stopped kicking out. He just raised his arm. And even Kevin Kelly at one point goes, well, we can't see his shoulder from this angle, but we're going to have to assume he kicked out on that one because he couldn't tell. Like, he just stopped kicking out. And I think I've had this complaint about another New Japan match before. Kick out if you're going to kick out. You can't just raise your arm. You can't just bend your elbow. That's not kicking out. It turned me from a fucking yo fan to like a yo hater. I was like, why isn't this guy actually kicking out? They use gas. I think he was gassed, or he just, or just there's a lack of detail that's infuriating. What do you think it is? I thought it. Watching do you the know match, what I'm I, talking about? Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I do remember Kevin Kelly saying Because they were kicking out of everything. Oh, I don't know. Um, I'll come find your green pen. Keep talking, Jason. Of course. Um, the match itself it was as physical as it comes when it comes to a Hiromu match, uh, I thought Yo stepped up to the plate and basically 
match the physicality with him step for step. For me, I just looked at it in the sense that this is, I think it was 27 minutes, something like that, give or take. It went close to the 30-minute the mark. So, I mean, for me, I'm go, I'll am i give Yo a pass on this one. I mean, I'm going to just give him the pass in the sense that this was physical enough to where it felt like this was more of I can't – you know, I can't do much. I can't kick out emphatically like Bill is asking me to. The best I can do is put to move the shoulder over. I mean, to just thinking about that match again, there it was as stiff as they come. I mean, Hiromu doesn't back down from from anybody. I mean, fuck, he was giving Minoru Suzuki the business. You know, at a couple of different points uh, in 2022 and 2021. So I mean. If that's the case, you know, I'll, I'll like I said, I'll give you all the pass on this. But there's just no way in the world that I think it. He just couldn't do it. I mean, this there's, there's nothing wrong with it, you know. Just niggas tired. I mean, what the fuck? <laughs> I'll give him the pass on this one. Like I said, for me, Yo's tired, and he just couldn't kick out versus didn't want to kick out. And for me, I think that's the difference. I have no problem with it. At 27 minutes, 25 minutes, I mean, shit. You know, give him a fucking pass on that one. What what the hell? How long have you been talking? Since you've been gone. So, about Yo and Hiromu the whole time? You asked me a question. (laughs) You're like Jim Rome. I love it. Uh, What about Sabre Jr. versus Ishii? The, probably the more, one of the more interesting matches because you had the 15-minute t- time limit for the World TV Championship, so I wasn't sure how it, it would play out. We, we kind of saw it, you know, in the tournament, but this was like one of the first big match, you know, sightings or settings, I guess, for lack of a better term. I thought it was really good. Um, it, it just comp- – it was a Z- – of course. Ishii ZSJ match compacted into 15 minutes, yeah, and it, it was solid. It fucking ruled, yes. The only thing that I'll say is that if they're going to have this 15-minute time limit, every single match can't get down to 12, 13, 14, 15 minutes. There's going to have to be some squashes in here. There's going to have to be Zack Sabre Jr. just putting somebody out within, like, two seconds. I don't see that happening. I really don't. But I then th- I, I think this is going to be one of those. You got to keep people on their toes. That's what. That's you know. Okay, then who's who's Zach Sabre Jr. going to write a squash? I, I read the reader. I don't know, but like the weird thing is that Kenny Omega Will Osprey match at Wrestle Kingdom was so odd, and it was so unexpected from New Japan because it didn't have, like, this crazy finishing sequence. That's kind of why I liked about Hikaleo versus Jay White, too. It just didn't have this cra- – it was just telling a story, like a methodical story, and then by the time it got to the end of it, it was just done. Kenny Omega, Osprey. Omega dominated them. Osprey makes one, like, kind of pathetic run at the very end, but still gets beat, right? It was so, so different from every other New Japan one-on-one match that you'll see at a Wrestle Kingdom. That's what makes it stand out. That's kind of what I'm saying about Okada. 
And that, well, that's also what I'm saying about the Zack Sabre Jr. run. If this TV title is going to be a thing, he has to start he has to start tapping people out within like 30 seconds. He's got to keep people on their toes, right? Everything can't come down. Like this came down in like four, 14 minutes and 46 seconds or something. I'll go this far. You get my point though, right? I get your point. Thanks. Okay. Uh, 30 That's seconds. called validation. Uh, uh, God knows you need it right now. If you've ever been to therapy, you know what validation is. Um, I, I honestly just don't see that unless it's, this would have to be somebody that is so out of Zack Sabre Jr.'s league that they probably don't have a right to be in this match or someone that is so up and coming that Zack Sabre Jr. has agreed to put them over. And I'm not sure I see that either. So Now, I'll also say this about this match. I loved it. It was fucking great because... Zack Sabre Jr. and Ishii are two of the best, like, well-rounded? I, I don't know. Maybe that's They have unfair. good chemistry together. They have good chemistry together. There was one part where Ishii f- turned it into a sunset flip. It looked it looked really hard to do with a guy like Ishii and Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, but yeah. Um, this match was spectacular. You know what else I heard today? is that Jay White and Zack Sabre Jr. never had a one-on-one match. Nope. That's crazy to leave that on the table. Both heels. um, Zack Sabre Jr. for a long time was was strictly mid-card. I mean, until he won the New Japan Cup the first time around, that was his first real crack at any, you know, major singles title in New Japan, especially the top title. All right. Any other matches that you want to talk about from this New Japan? Um, talk to Kalei, um Catch-22 versus Doki Kanemaru I thought was really solid. Catch-22 is one of my favorite teams now in New, New Japan on either side. Um, TMDK, uh, same way. They just lost to Goto and does Yoshihashi. It, does it strike you as kind of weird that Zack Sabre Jr.'s got TMDK on, the, on his shorts now? Yes and no. Um, he had ZSJ on his shorts for a while, so it's just different. But him be, having his own faction is cool. So I'm, I'm I'm willing to go with that more so than worried about, you know, what's on the back of his ass. Uh, I love the fact he has his own What faction. about Yoshihashi and Goto? Um, was kind of hoping that they would give TMDK the, the titles, but I think this is just, you know, re- reinforcing the fact that Goto and Yoshihashi are – the New Japan team to beat. So there's nothing wrong with that. No problem with it. Um, and I, I never asked you what you think about Hiromu versus Yo. No, I thought it was, no, like, like I said, I was, when you were gone, I thought it was really good. It, it went 27 minutes. I thought it was one of Yo's best matches. Stood toe to toe with Hiromu. One of Yo's it. best matches. I mean, it's got to be his best match ever, right? The BSOJ final always stands out and that was the the bar that I had in my head coming into it. This was this at least met that bar if not superseded. And finally, who wins the cup? <sighs> You're gonna pin me down on this one right here, huh? Um Yeah. <laughs> I am. Yeah, yeah. yeah you are. Yeah you are. Well, fuck it. 
winner winner wins the cup and gets the title against Okada. Um, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna. I'm gonna steal Brett's thunder. I'm gonna steal Brett's thunder. Tai Chi, who's who? His who? See who he said. Tai Chi. It's somebody that You're is going to be, crazy. It's somebody that is mid card that gets elevated. It's not somebody that you think of. It's not. It's not going to be Jeff Cobb. It's not going to be any of these guys. It's somebody it's that could be don't Jeff see. Cobb or Tomatanga. I don't think Jeff Cobb needs it, but it'll be nice to see Tomatanga, neverweight champion. Maybe I would. I like Jeff Cobb more. All right, uh, that'll do for our three count. One, two, three. Jason, do you have a pen? Because it's prediction time. And Bo's going to have his predictions on this also. So, <laughs> okay. I already have Zach's and my. Let's so <laughs> say the more the barrier, nigga, jump in. Shit. I, I have five. Hey, I have five. <laughs> you Bo gave Jason some mittens, uh, and Bo just said, "Give me my mittens back." Boy, take these motherfuckers. <laughs> we got fifteen minutes. I, you can hang out for a little bit. He bleeds too much. He's a he me little You ought to know by now. Cause if you can't work with the broken back, at least you can polish the fenders. Uh, so. <laughs> So, okay, so we're going to start off with, uh, let's start off with a fun one here. All right, Giggle Twins are here. So, we got Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. So, oh, hold on a second. Brock Lesnar versus Bobby Lashley. Uh, I can tell you who Zach and I have, but I'd like to hear who you say first. Zach and I are already written down. That, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Um, no step on the match. It just happened in an elimination chamber. Um, obviously, Lashley Bobby keeps leaves. saying he's up two to one, but he's counting the Royal Rumble as a, a win, which it's not really official, right? You know? Did he not win? No, neither one of them won the Royal Rumble. One of them tossed the other one out. No, he's talking about their one-on-one match at the Royal Rumble. No, that's not what Bobby's been talking about on Raw. He's saying, I threw you out of this year's Royal Rumble. Okay. I mean, So Bobby's saying he's up, up two, two to one. one. So that's that's heel mentality. Whatever. Okay, you're right. up to the one. Why is Bobby Lashley the heel, though? Like Brock Lesnar just interrupted in one of his matches and gave him an F5, and all of a sudden they're like, Bobby Lashley's the heel. Huh. What could it be? Kind of what, what I've been saying for the last few weeks. I'll wait till next February there. to figure it out. Um, Who's going to win? Um, if the Hurt Business is to come back, I'll tell you this what, is the one time of a, to do it. Zach has one. I have the other one. We do not agree. So you'll be the tiebreaker. Um, the safe pick is Lesnar. It's always the safe pick. I mean, what the yep. hell? So in that scenario, I'm going to go ahead and take Brock Lesnar. Uh, I got to see the Hurt Business come back before I you know, get on board with that. So if I'm wrong, then fuck it. I'm wrong, nigga. Yeah, uh, Zach took Lester also. I am taking Lashley because I think that the Hurt Business gets back together. and I, I think 
that we're getting Lesnar versus Lashley at, at WrestleMania, WrestleMania also. And this is the way to do it. And the only way to do it is to have Lesnar lose again because yeah. Lesnar is the baby face Agreed. for better or for worse. Nope, so uh, we have the mixed tag match, which what is, is, is both. Oh, yeah, yeah you're right. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, sorry, thank sorry. Thank you. Thank you. I'm taking Lashley. There we go. He's taking Lashley. Duchenne boys unified. <laughs> Okay, so we have the mixed tag match next, which is Rhea Ripley and Finn Balor, not the demon, just regular old Finn, <laughs> versus Edge and Beth Phoenix. Go ahead. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I apologize. Uh, you have them all ripped Never had down. to ask him to talk ever once. Suck my dick okay so, i'm out here freezing for your narrow ass the least you can do is tell me oh i have them all written down versus oh you're waiting for me to take the cue now that being said i'll give the fucking pick jesus christ i don't think that the, uh demon finn Balor needs to be here Triple H has done a great job of making Judgment Day a relevant faction. And now this comes to prove it because this is going to be one of the matches that's a marquee match. You're going to have to get to Dom and Ray at some point. I think this is part of the way to do it. I'm going to take Judgment Day to take the win. Plus, Edge and Finn have to finish it off at some point, too. Bo, who you got? Judgment Day. Bo's taking Judgment Day. Jason is taking Judgment Day. I am taking Judgment Day. Zach is taking the faces. I I'm not. I'd love to hear his reasoning on it. Uh, just not sure where it's at. But it's I strip club. We move on. Oh yeah, that's right. It's a strip club. All right. So oh, now now, <laughs> now I'm worried about asking Bo to get in this one because uh, you're going to remember six people's names. Okay. So we have. Uh, the women's elimination chamber match. Okay, so we have Oscar, Natalia, Carmella, Nikki Cross, Liv, and Raquel Rodriguez. Shit, only got to really remember three. Mm, that's about right. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Bill. So I this your bullshit. I'll, we'll go first here, uh, from least to most. Uh, Bill has Natalia, Liv Morgan. Nikki Cross, Carmella, Raquel Rodriguez, and Asuka. Zach has Carmella last, Natalia, Nikki Cross, Liv, Raquel Rodriguez, Asuka. So Zach and I have the two and one is the exact same. So what do you think, Jason? Um, Natty, Carmella, Nikki, Raquel, Liv, Asuka. God damn, what a fucking pro. So everybody has Asuka winning. Uh, I hope she wins. That's the match that I want to see the most. Uh, Bo, who you got? I'm the exact same as Zach. Which is? Asuka, Liv, Nikki Cross, RR, Natalia, Carmella. So Carmella's the last? All right, so we got it all figured out. Then let's get to the men's. 
So we have Seth Rollins, Damian Priest, Montez Ford, Johnny Gargano, Austin Theory, and Bronson Reed. Jason, let's have you go first. God damn, I hate to say it, but I'll just say it because I just feel it. Montez Ford probably least likely to win. No disrespect to Montez. I think he's going to have some amazing spots at this point, but I just don't see that as a, uh, a winning performance to take the uh, the U.S. title. Johnny Gargano 5 makes sense. Has uh, ties with theory, but don't see that happening. Uh, who am I missing? Rollins. Bronson Reed, Reed Rollins, and Theory, and, and Priest. Let's go Damien Priest at four. Not uh, make that noise anymore in the fucking mic. Why don't you just write and shut the fuck up? Do it again. <laughs> um, <laughs> three will go with uh, Bronson Reed. Um, this should be his coming out party, especially in a scenario like this. Um, he's just, he's the big time signing, so yeah, I expect him to be that guy. Um, so I got what uh, theory and who else is left? Theory and Rollins. Seth at two, theory at one. All right, uh, Bo, who you got? All right, I got I got theory to win. Seth Rollins second. Um, I want to go with Gargano three. What's this? Damian Priest. Oh yeah, Damian Priest four. Bronson. Uh, Bronson Reed five. Montez four. Yeah. So, all right, I got the exact opposite of all you motherfuckers. I got Montez Ford at number one. Number one. It's Black History Month, and this is the black present and also the black future. I'm talking Montez Ford because it makes more sense. Austin Theory is going to fight John Cena at WrestleMania. Montez Ford is going – this is going to how, – how it's going to begin the breakup of the Street Profits, which is Montez Ford and Angela Dawkins. Angela Dawkins also had a match that was going to get him into the Elimination Chamber, and he lost. And not only did Montez Ford get in, Montez Ford is going to win – the U.S. title. And then Montez Ford is going to go on to WrestleMania, and he's going to fight, I don't know, the Honky Tonk Man or some shit. But I haven't thought it out that far. Yeah, clearly. I'm taking Montez Ford, <laughs> number one. Because that was the next question out of my mouth. So who this motherfucker going to fight at WrestleMania then? Uh, uh, Booker T. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And then... Uh, so, and then lastly, okay, so I'm going to let the music run out on this and we're going to have to actually talk about it because this is a, this is not just a prediction. This is, we're trying to figure out what's going on in the biggest storyline that WWE has had in very many years. The bloodline, we have Sami Zayn versus Roman Reigns in Montreal at the Elimination Chamber, the pay-per-view before... WrestleMania. I'll tell you what. Zach took Roman Reigns. That's not a big shock. Jason, I want you to tell me what is going to happen in this match. Paul Heyman has been high, has been uh, talking a bunch of shit, 
Sami Zayn and Cody Rhodes had a segment on Monday that was fascinating. Just like another example of WWE learning their lesson and being like, why don't we put these two guys together and not make anybody pick? We're just going to have everybody still like these guys. What's going to happen Saturday night? (laughs) If the Usos could cross the border, all hell could break loose, but query they can't. So uh, I can't remember who, uh, I think it was Samir that told me, that confirmed uh, that the Usos, both Usos, Jimmy and Jay, could not uh, cross the Canadian border. So shout out to uh, Samir on that. That being said, I expect this to be as as one of the the best WWE matches of the year with a hot Montreal crowd behind their hometown boy. Um, Sola Sokoa should be in play at this point, obviously, so that is your physical fuckery. Um, I agree with uh, Tubier ultimately. I mean, I can't see Sammy... Being the being the one to derail Roman Reigns at this point, it would. I get it. You know, it's it's been a great story uh, storyline with the bloodline, and to begin with, adding Sammy onto it, like we said, has just made it that much more better. I I expect this to be one of the best WWE matches of the year, and I'm not going to hold back on that. Sami Zayn is an amazing talent in ring obviously his character work we've you know we've gone on to, to talk about that hell he's gotten the beefer for last year with the uh the bloodline I, I have high expectations for this match i expect sammy to look good in the loss so is sakoa to get involved in some fashion maybe kevin owens coming out to make the save you hug it out in montreal to kind of close out the show you know do it better than you did at Clash of the Castle versus where you had uh, Tyson Fury and uh, Drew McIntyre singing some bullshit at the end. You'll have a a better moment like this where Sammy still looks good in front of Montreal. You reunite him and Kevin Owens even though Roman Reigns retains. That's the way I see it. I love watching wrestling when it's two guys that are just going to, you know, 30 minutes are coming up and you know they're going to like burn the house down, right? I love that shit. I love wrestling during the week when it's just stupid, like backstage, between commercials, bullshit, between people that are wrestlers, but they're asked to act, and it's terrible, right? Wrestling is never better than when you know something's going to happen, but you don't know what. And Saturday night, with Roman Reigns versus Sami Zayn in Montreal. Kevin Owens has been off TV forever. Jimmy and Jay might not be able to get into Canada. They kind of talked it into the storyline that Jimmy and Jay aren't allowed to go per Heyman because Heyman said maybe sometimes you can see some more stuff on TV, like he can't replay it or some shit. Like those motherfuckers don't have the Peacock Network. (laughs) But the point is is that you don't know what's going to happen. Kevin Owens can make his big return. 
Jay can make a big return and turn on Sammy. That's what everybody's betting on. Jimmy could turn on Jay. The Rock could come down. Dude, stop, Rock bottom. Stop, Roman stop, Reigns in stop, the middle of the ring. I, uh, no, Sammy Zayn no, could no, win not, the I'm belt, not, not, and then it could be Sammy versus Cody. No, I'm not letting you And do Rock, Rock versus Roman no, Reigns. Stop, stop it. And Sammy stop could it. say, "This stop is the it. I've, I've no, no more Rock I, talk. Enough." Come off of the ledge. I have reversed the Montreal Screwjob. This is the reverse <laughs> Montreal Screwjob. No. I screwed him in Montreal. No. No. That could be something. No. Anybody but the Rock. Just putting it out there. Just putting it out there. No. You, you, you're not getting points for this. It's if not I'm, going if to If I'm happen. right. No. You're not going. It's not going I'm to taking happen. Roman Reigns. Thank you. Uh, 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 <laughs> taking the, the most scenic route to, to, to agree with all of us. The... the, the <laughs> the shortest point between two distances this is, is a straight, straight line. line. Yeah, motherfucker. And it's going to be Owens. So here's my prediction is that it's going to be Owens and Sami Zayn versus the Usos in the semi-main event on night one at WrestleMania. The main event's going to be Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar. And then the next night, the main event is going to be Cody Roman. versus Roman. Roman. That's my prediction because that makes the most sense. It's Occam's Razor. Like, don't overthink it, but I'm going to be watching the fuck out of it Saturday night. My boy Bo's coming over. Oh! I hate you motherfuckers right now. <laughs> Aaron's going to be bartending. We're going we're gonna to party. I hate you motherfuckers. <laughs> it's fucking Mardi Gras on Saturday night. I'm going to be dealing with some <laughs> drunk assholes that can't fucking read the goddamn menu that can barely fucking talk we're, at this point. We're going to be Just wearing me beads. Get the fuck out. <laughs> I hate you, motherfuckers. All right. <laughs> I don't, but I'm really starting to be like, man, fuck Saturday night. So everybody's got Roman, right? Asshole. Yeah, we got Roman. This is banned from ringside. Uh, some odds and ends. Uh, maximum male models are in, going to be in a feud with Alpha Academy. Any, anything to say about that? Nope. Uh, so... <laughs> Seth Rollins has been going around bitching uh, shoot style to magazines about how he feels slighted about not being in the main event this year. It did Seth Rollins is Seth Rollins being a baby or is he working us? He's working us. It's it's Logan Paul, Seth Rollins, WrestleMania. This is banned from ringside. We got some birthdays this week. Gangrel. Alive. Fifty-four. So, just saw one in on top of you. Alive, motherfucker. He he stayed at Jason's apartment. <laughs> the fuck he did. Hey, you might you might if I stay here, bro. Nah, man. You, no, you cannot. <laughs> uh, Big John Stud. <laughs> R.I.P. Seventy-five. Sean Spears is forty-two. Jack Gallagher. He got me too, right? Yeah, I was going to say Canadian at this point. Thirty-three. What does that mean? He's not racist? dead. He's Very not February? dead. He's not dead. He's not black. Oh, that's so your okay. All right. Uh, Gail Kim is forty six. Killian Dane is thirty eight. Rodis Clay, NWA champion. Who? Yeah. This is the worst fucking. He's fifty. Fucking <laughs> that ever. motherfucker's fifty. He's what? He's fifty. Five zero. He's young. He's older than Carl Weathers was in Happy Gilmore. Younger than JCV. 
No, no, he's not. No, he's, no, not. he's not. No, he's not. No, no, you are not getting away with that blasphemy here. The Carlino fuck? No. is no, you 44. No. no, you will apologize on this hair before hey, we leave. No, 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 no. So we appreciate you guys listening to ours. <laughs> no, I'm fucking with you. For Murray the Merman, Murray for Jack. Patriot Pat, for Jack. whatever their podcast used to be called. It's always a time, Jack. For two years, Zach Pullman. We'll see you next week, brother. Jack. For the baby, for the wife, Jack, for the Jack. cats, for the dog. Check, check, check. For Shock City Studios, for Jack. Sam the Muller Mall. Check. For Ed the May, for Vice, Jack, Jack. for Jason Cornelius Bell. I'm Bill Vage. Tip your bartender, Jack. Tip your weed dealers and boo the heels. Boo! Or go to the tip to the Oh, Black Lives Matter. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's (laughs) him. Still in the back.